Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Rory O'Hagan, Tom Wallace O'Leary here with you until 7 p.m. this evening. And we have a busy show coming your way between now and 7 o'clock. We are going to have reaction from Russell Rovers as they book their place in the AIB Junior Club Hurling Championship final. A superb performance from them, especially in extra time as well. Sees them beat Michal Brunach and Kilmallock. We'll hear from their manager, Michael Mannion, and their centre-back, John Paul Ivers, in just a little bit. Going to hear from St. Michael's, who are the Cork County Under-21 football champions for the first time since 1976 after they beat Ballancolic. Going to talk to Spike O'Sullivan as he prepares to return to action in Texas next week. And we'll talk Talk to Cork City boss Neil Fenn as pre-season gets underway for the Rebel Army. We'll talk about his new signings, potential new signings and plenty more besides. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Glad you could join us on this Sunday evening. We're here until 7 o'clock. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can text us 086 8104 You can tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. Delighted to be joined by former Ireland and Munster scrum half Tomás O'Leary, who we've let back in for a second day. Yeah, good to be back with you, Rory. It was give or, it was give or take there for a while, and then you just kind of turned up and was like, "All right, we'd better leave man there." So yeah, I kind of had a hard night thinking whether I come back to you, but. Um, you were okay yesterday, to be fair. Yeah, sorry, no, we didn't have the Rocky music for you today, but that was a, a one-time only deal, but uh, we're here until 7 o'clock tonight. If you want to get in touch, if you have any questions for, for Tomás, get in touch with us, 86 8104 We are going to start the show with uh, Russell Rovers uh, in just a bit, going to hear from Michael Mannion. Uh, but first, Tomás, going to wrap up all the day's action. Thanks, Rory. Obviously, Russell Rovers will begin with them, so they've booked their place in the AB Junior Club All-Ireland Hurling Championship final this afternoon. Cork champions have beaten Michal Bernox in Kilmallock 126 to 115 is how it finished there after extra time so they'll now face Conny Shamrocks in the final I know you were watching that game yeah right? it was um, it, they, it was heart and mouth stuff at the end because they were trailing by a point there was four minutes of time added on um, going into like at the end of the game they were trailing by a point uh, Michal Bernox got a goal and put them two points up they got another point and then uh, well, literally the last puck of the game uh, but Harton had put a, a free over from a really tight angle over on the left hand touchline uh, to force the extra time and I know what uh, Michael Mannion said to them um, in the break there between uh, the normal time and extra time because they came out um, like men possessed um, kept their opponents scoreless uh, on the way to a, a big win there an 11 point win fantastic stuff from them we'll hear from them in a bit but it was a superb performance and extra time for them today yeah, I imagine in a couple of weeks time so East Cork is going to be uh, Barron plays yes. obviously neighbouring parish Father Neil's into the intermediate final yeah, as well Saturday so. week those two games will be taking place I know uh, confirmed throwing times there but yeah there won't be a sinner left in East Cork on Saturday week and also in the in the GA today defending champions Ballyhale Tamrocks earned their ninth AB all-Ireland Senior Hurling Club uh, final with Henry Shefflin's Kilkenny outfit they defeated uh, Derry champion Slock Neil uh, in Newry 224 to 219 was the final score there um, so they'll face Barcelli of Tipperary in the final they defeated St Thomas 121 to 114 being the final score there so they're the first Tipperary side to qualify for the Ireland Senior Hurling final in 26 years was is a pretty mm. um, surprising stat I didn't realise it was that long Yeah and we were kind of watching a bit of it today it was kind of back and forth back and forth uh, today and I watched a bit of um, the the um, Ballyhale Shamrock games Schlock Neil really put it up to Ballyhale Shamrocks they, they were only a point down going into into 60 minutes just uh, just pulled away at the end of it Shamrocks did but uh, it was a fantastic performance from the Derry champions today but absolutely fantastic stuff yeah, so your your Kilkenny and, and tip final that that'll be a <laughs> interesting one anyway. No quarter asked for there. It's a exactly and locally then 
for the first time since 1976 St Michael's are the Cork under 21 football champions they defeated Ballon Colleague this afternoon in the 4G pitch in Parky Cueve 2.12 to 1.11 is how that finished Yeah it was a fantastic performance from Michael's going to hear from their manager Dave Egan really really uh, a passionate interview from Dave we'll hear from that in a little bit as well Looking forward to that so in the FA Cup um, Liverpool have just beaten Everton in the third round of the FA Cup and Curtis Jones cracking goal there in the second half was the difference between the sides That was an absolute beautiful going to get a report from that game Shen Pennington was at Anfield today Liverpool won Everton nil despite making nine changes to their side Liverpool still become victorious in the FA Cup to reach the fourth round one goal was enough to win the game that came from youngster Curtis Jones picking up the ball on the left hand side and cutting in before bending a 20 yard curler into the top right corner Everton had earlier on missed good chances Holgate headed straight to Adrian from a Sigurdsson free kick and right on half time another good chance for Charleston so another good save from Adrian with a Sheridan club side who progressed it's Liverpool 1 Everton 0 yeah I mean like Liverpool were with their kids today Everton had a fairly strong side out so Everton are going to be mightily um, disappointed with that result today but that goal from Curtis Jones was something sensational altogether wasn't it yeah an unbelievable strike um, obviously uh, kind of played a 1-2 uh, controlled it really well and then the, so the outside of his uh, right foot curled it into oh, the top beautiful. corner off the crossbar yeah just Jordan Pickford just couldn't get his hand to it it was a sensational goal and he's uh, a lifelong Liverpool fan as well Curtis Jones so you can imagine how special that moment was for him today yeah, elsewhere in the afternoon games Bristol Rovers and Coventry City played out a two-all draw Northampton Town beat Burton Albion 4-2 while West Brom beat Charlton Athletic 1-0 Chelsea beat Nottingham Forest 2-0 Barnsley enjoyed a 2-1 victory over Crew Alexandra and Republic of Ireland's Paul Green got in the score sheet there there was a shock in Sellers Park where Derby County beat 10-man Crystal Palace 1-0 Palace captain Luka Milivojevic that's hard to say <laughs> was shown a red card for violent conduct Referee Michael Oliver consulted uh, the VAR pitch side monitor and upgraded his yellow card to red. Yeah, I think that's the first time referees use a pitch side monitor um, in that uh, situation, which you'd like to see a bit more of as opposed to guys with protractors and <laughs> dots measuring like if someone's ankle is offside. Yeah, it's, it's handy to use it for something uh, a bit more blatant anyway. <laughs> um, an Irish international tripart didn't unfortunately feature for Spurs against, Middl- against Middlesbrough at the Riverside where it finished one all. QPR beat Swansea 5-1 and Sheffield United beat AFC Fylde 2-1 with Ireland's Callan Robinson scoring the first for the Blades. Uh, this evening, Gillian hosts West Ham just after 6 o'clock for David Moyes' second game in charge of the Irons. Yeah, that game is getting underway in about uh, 10 minutes time just after quarter past 6, a minute past quarter past 6 all the, uh, the games in the FA Cup this weekend uh, kicking off uh, a minute later in the normal time to encourage uh, people to take a minute to, to think about their mental health which has uh, been a fantastic campaign all weekend. And back to local matters, we're in the Munster Senior League this morning, Ringham Rangers defeated UCC by two goals to one. And the FIA Junior Cup fifth round, Dolan's Cobar of the Cork Business League defeated Valeview Shankill by three goals to two. They're at home to Westport United in round six. They're certainly moving in the right direction there, Dolan's Co. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Let's move, move on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, NFL, Tom Brady says he's unlikely to have played for the Patriots for the final time even after the New Englanders were knocked out of the NFL playoffs last night. The defending champions went down 20 points to 13 to the Tennessee Titans in the AFC wildcard game in Foxborough. This is what he said afterwards. Do you have a a sense of whether you'll be back with the Patriots in 2020 and and do you want to be back with the Patriots in 2020? I love the Patriots. I mean, they they obviously, uh, you know, they got a... It's the greatest organization and, you know, playing for Mr. Kraft all these years and uh, for Coach Belichick. I mean, there's, um, you know, there's nobody who's had a better career, I would say, than me. 
and uh, it's just being with them. So I'm very blessed, and I don't know what the future looks like, so and I'm not going to predict it. So I wish we would have won tonight, and I uh, wish we had done a lot of things better over the course of the season, but we just didn't, just didn't get the job done. Yeah, so Brady is 42 now, Tomas. He's a free agent now for the first time in his career. Um, it obviously sounds like he wants to stay with the Patriots um, for next season. Um, but this is the first time, I think, since 2009 the Patriots um, haven't made um, the postseason. Um, a lot of people, I, I suppose, assume because he is 42, the edge he's at and the way the season has ended, that could be his last game. Yeah, look, I suppose and there's been a lot of criticism around around his some of his performances this season. I wouldn't be the biggest uh, NFL, um, mm. I suppose, fan or not. I wouldn't have much knowledge on it, but I, I read a bit about it. I know he's a big advocate of, uh, I suppose, his his uh, health regime. And he's on a vegan diet. Vegan isn't diet, he? exactly. Um, so, um, look. He's physically, I think he's he's probably capable of continuing to play, mm. which is phenomenal for, it's hit 42, going on to yeah. 43 next year. One of the greatest um, sports stars of all time. Absolutely, his record speaks for itself. Mm. And look, there's going to be barren seasons for all sports people. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably back him to, to get another gig if, if, if mm. the Patriots don't keep him on. But look, um, what he's done for the Patriots, I think they'll, they'll keep him till he, till he wants, to, wants mm. to pack it in. Well, um, he his coach, Bill Belichick, uh, is saying that they haven't really thought about it yet and remains to be seen what will happen next year but it'd be a shock really if he didn't stay with the Patriots for next season Absolutely um, Elsewhere there were was a dramatic 22-19 overtime win for the Houston Texans over the visiting Buffalo Bills Yeah I was watching that that was absolutely there's nothing quite like the NFL when it comes to drama 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 like last minute field goals to force overtime and then that field goal to win brilliant stuff and I was in trial for, for the, the, the part of the game I watched but the last hour of that absolutely brilliant stuff last night Good stuff and Cork's John O'Shea begins his BDO World's Darts Championships campaign today. The 2019 Masters Champion faces Sweden's Andreas Harrison at the O2 in London from 7pm this evening. Yeah, best luck to the Joker tonight. He's been with us a couple of times and uh, fingers crossed he can uh, get the win. Uh, tonight, 7 o'clock-ish, he's, I think he's first up on that as well, um, at uh, their new venue of the Indigo at uh, the O2. It's been moved from Lakeside for the first time, which didn't go down well and it didn't go down well with punters either because they only sold 15% of tickets uh, for, for the event. Prize money had to be slashed by 60 percent as a result so you wonder would it be back in Lakeside next year yeah that's crazy really it's going to be hard to attract um, yeah. I suppose the, the players to go as well Lakeside was always the place like you know what I mean it was always like you know you, you'd have the PDC World Arts Championship then you'd have Lakeside it's just not the same I don't think in the Indigo no no it doesn't look when you ever change a venue like that with, mm. with the history and uh, behind it like it's, it's, it's never quite the same yeah. so look see what they do next year alright we're going to start the show by talking about Russell Rovers who are into the All-Ireland final as uh, Tomas mentioned the East Cork side defeating Michal Bernox in Kilmallock uh, 126 to 115 is how it finished after extra time they'll face Conaghy Shamrocks in the final Rovers trail by a point at the end of normal time but Hartnett scoring with a three with the last puck of the game to bring it to extra time and then Rovers dominated keeping their opponents scoreless their manager Michael Mannion spoke to our reporter Kieran Murphy after the game. Ah, look, it's fantastic, you know, um, you know, to win the match, uh, to, to, to go two points down in injury time and come back, bring it to extra time. It's fantastic, fantastic day for the club. Delighted for the players that we get a day out in Crow Park. Like that's that's any player's dream. I miss it, of course, uh, Josh was to say, but it didn't fall to he pushed on. 
Yeah, look, he's a big loss, but at the same time, you know, we've, we have a squad there. We've used um, 21 players throughout the year. You know, we've full faith in them. You know, I, I think any senior team would miss Josh, but at the same time, Daniel O'Brien came in, he'd done a good job. Um, so we're delighted, and, you know, both stepped up for the freeze. Um, other lads got scores, and that's what the team is about. Speaking of the freeze, that pressure free team, by, but to really take time, what, 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 the, what score it was? Yeah, she was brilliant over in the corner. Um, but look, as I said, Bud, Bud's a minor free taker back in the day. You know, he's top class as well, and, you know, it's, it's about the process. Um, don't think about the result, and Bud's done that all day, and he got a few frees, you know, so it was brilliant. Yeah, and during the extra time period, not to concede a score, that was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, um, I think we got a dream start, we got an early goal, and then we just drove on. Um, like having Kieran Welch come back on made a big difference, big presence in midfield. Um, it was brilliant. We made a few tactical changes as well, so very good. We're delighted. Yeah, the celebration's going to be continuing in East Cork, and hopefully it'll continue again in uh, 13 days' time uh, when they go to Croke Park to face Conaghy Shamrocks in the final. But they now have two weeks to prepare to Moss uh, for an All-Ireland final. How hard is it, I suppose, to, to, to not lose your focus going into that game and kind of keep your feet on the ground going into something like that? Yeah, look, it, it's probably tough, but I, I think it's a, like you hear the lads say it's any, anyone's dream to play in a club final, and it's a, generally it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I think you have to embrace it and you have to enjoy it. And obviously, you'll go down to East Cork, and you know the, the Bull parishes, neighbouring parishes will be mm. the flags up, the bunting up, and you know there'll be that'll be the only thing that anyone will talk about down there. Mm. So I think you just have to embrace that. Um, obviously, there is a game to play, and he talked about the process there, which mm. which is important. But look. Enjoy, I think you have to enjoy it soak it up and then once you're on the field it just takes care of itself You were into All-Ireland Finals as a minor with Cork I mean like how did you stay for I mean, like you were obviously a lot younger like man you were like 16, 17 then weren't you? Yeah yeah um, So how did you like stay focused and not kind of like get distracted by everyone coming up to you and wishing you well and all that kind of thing? It was hard look actually the, the first year um, we were sponsored by ESET did you want at the time yeah. and the first year we got handed I'd never have a mobile phone <laughs> and uh, we got handed uh, mobile phones on the way up in 2000 yeah. um, so we were all texting each other and whatever then all the only numbers I had on the phone were uh, I think my mum's and all the other players <laughs> so um, I don't know that's not the reason we lost the game but um, no, you'd, I think some games back then I probably would have been more focused. Others, like you said, I was young. I was learning about uh, my preparation and stuff. But um, yeah, look, I think it's just a case of embracing and having the confidence that you've training done and you've the abilities to yeah. to win a game with your performance. So look, they've got this far, um, and uh, I think all as well for the for the final. They did. I must actually. They beat us in the quarter final of the East Cork Junior hurling championship last year. <laughs> we they robbed us in the last minute, so um, it could have been it could have been, been, been us in the yeah. yeah exactly could have been us in the junior final, but um, obviously we wouldn't be allowed to represent uh, Cork uh, given, given that we're the senior side. But look, great good luck to to Russell Rovers, and it's fantastic for the club. All right, going to hear from their centre back uh, John Paul Ivers. I'm jo- joined now by John Paul Ivers, the centre back of Russell Rovers. Uh, and what feeling uh, is to reach an All Ireland final? Unbelievable! We just train really hard all year. This is what we. This is exactly what we wanted and uh, we had a serious battle there today like, and we just stuck with it even when they, they went a couple of points up we really stuck with it and um, it's a credit to all the lads like, they're a serious bunch it's an honour to be playing with them and um, we're delighted now and we get down to uh, business now during the week preparing for the All-Ireland final and going to extra time there after conceding the last couple of points of the no- uh, normal time for Bud brought to extra time like, what, what an ability he had to drive it on 
Yeah, I suppose um, in the East Cork Championship we had really close games as well, and I suppose that stood to us. Um, there's, fear, there's serious metal in the team, you know, and the management team is superb. They have us well drilled, and um, I suppose it showed there today. Then you know, when the chips were down, we, we came back and we drove on, like you know. And uh, for, for such a small area like us over, and then have your neighbours as well, Father Neil, for a double header up in Cop Park, like what one achievement that is. Well, I would chat to look, Father Neil's a fantastic club as well, you know, and um, it's great for the area, like great for the community around that uh, such uh, clubs in the same area are actually true now to the All Ireland finals, it's unbelievable. So um, we'll enjoy now. I suppose we'll enjoy tonight. We'll, we'll enjoy tonight for a bit, and we get down to business tomorrow again, or day after for for the Ireland final. Well, congratulations, John Paul Ivers. Yeah, congratulations uh, to John Paul Ivers there and indeed everyone involved with that Russell Rovers, I'd imagine every single person <laughs> from the town will be going up or from the village will be going up uh, to Crow Park and all the Father Neil's crew will be going up as well and you'd imagine like both clubs are going to be supporting each other on the day as well which would be a massive help for them. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it'd be probably a shame if one of them won and lost it would yeah. give it a donor so look, obviously two two local East Cork teams it'd be unbelievable for them to, to come back with two Ireland titles and uh and just be massive for, for Cork Hurling as well. Yeah, fingers crossed both sides can win, obviously. Uh, next Saturday, of course, we will be there and we'll have reaction from both games uh, on Saturday week in the All-Ireland Final. And best of luck uh, to the lads in their preparation ahead of the final uh, coming up uh, on Saturday week. All right, locally, as we mentioned at the top of the show, for the first time since 1976, St. Michael's are the Cork County Under-21 Football Champions. They defeated Ban Colleague this afternoon on the 4G pitch in Parky Cueve. 2-12-1-11 is how that finished. Andrew Horgan was there for us. He spoke to boss Dave Egan. Dave... In 1976 we're not here to talk about disappointments in 1976. We're going to enjoy this and we're not going to be looking forward to this club from here on in. I suppose, like looking at the game, we just said to the guys, it was a fantastic, it was a fantastic game of football, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant, man. Listen, Ballon College, super outfit, that's Cork of the minor and Cork of the under 20. And we're here at under 21 level and we're after doing that show left for, I suppose, the, 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 Whatever the word is, the showcase of under-21 football. It's no wonder Cocker Island champions, both minor and 20. The talent's here, boys. Been in this county, uh, and these boys have to start believing in themselves no more than Ballincollig. Uh, look, brilliant game of football, brilliant set of... Brilliant, everything's brilliant. I'm just, to be honest, lads, I don't know what I'm talking about here. Well, even. I know that, but can I say, do you, do you, do you think that, uh, uh, that you can push on to compete at senior level? Oh, I've no doubts. This group of players. I've no doubts. I've no doubts. Uh, they're, they're, they're football mad they're hurling mad they're GAA mad they live for it they actually live for it every night you go down to the hurling club they're down poking the ball off the wall if we're down in Mahan they're kicking the ball off the wall uh, they're a drace there's like Ty DC, our centre forward today that's his 10th game since the 1st of December like most lads will be talking about burnout and talking about this and talking about that Ty DC just wanted to play Ty DC just wants to play a ball I like there's no complaints from that's, that's the group we have and that's the the level of man we're dealing with in the club do you know what I mean it's brilliant and long may it last it's going to be a good night for you we're going to have two or three brilliant nights and I won't lie to you boys we had we had a Christmas period there and I'd say there was a lot of people ready to put a gun to my head I said lads go and enjoy your Christmas your family home 
if there's a pint on the table, drink it. I wasn't holding back. They're 21, 22 years, or 19, 20, 21, 20, 20 years of age. Go and enjoy yourselves. We met up three times over the Christmas and we three games. You don't have to kill lads with football. You don't have to be killing lads with rules and regulations. They're, they're, they're young men coming into their adulthood. They looked after themselves over the Christmas. And I suppose we leave the Christmas tree up in the club for another few nights, John. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Just in terms of the, the match itself, do you think it was a deserved win for you as well? Uh, to be honest, I do. Uh, I thought right from the world goal we got the first goal. Uh, we kept at it, at it, at it. Uh, we, we didn't, we, I'd be lying if I said we deviated from the game plan. Our game plan's fast moving football. Uh, we slowed it down in patches, but the intensity of the game, I think it's very hard to do that for 60 minutes. But I must give credit to the bench. We brought on four substitutions today, and I could have brought on ten. We have them on the bench as well, you know, and they're there for under 21. You know, they're there for the under 21 championship, which starts in six weeks' time. And just in terms of yourself, we saw you tearing up and down the line. Yeah, listen, I lost the plot. Personally. Lost the plot. I, I, I'm not like that. I don't know. <laughs> Look, but it just shows how much it means to you it does, personally. It does, because definitely spice pudding. Yeah, it's Dave Egan there of St. Michael speaking after their win today, the under 21 football championship. Uh, going uh, down to Black Rock for the first time since 1976 after that win today that's probably going to be my interview of the year for 29, or 2020 I should say just the honestly the passion of him and just like the sheer emotion of it is something else isn't it yeah look that's that's what the J is about and you see the the passion he has for the club and, and the lads he's coaching he must be in line for a Cork senior uh, position in a couple of years time we must start the campaign to get Dave, Dave Egan in there but uh, look very entertaining interview and that's what it's about and look obviously the young fellas he translates that passion onto them and it's important that, that the coaches mm. do that Refreshing as well to hear him there that he didn't kill the lads over Christmas let them enjoy their Christmas and just come back he trusted the lads enough that they weren't going to um, come back in, in bad shape ahead of the game and which is really refreshing to hear Yeah look I think um, the J to be fair a lot of the, the coaches and, and teams are a lot more balanced maybe than, than they were five, six years ago where there was drinking bands and all that kind of crack mm. um, look you know the commitment is is savage for all these these young fellas and 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 adults playing the game. So you got to let them let their hair down. And like you said, you know, if you treat them like children, they'll act like children. Yeah. So you know, give them give them the chance to to enjoy themselves and make their own mistakes if they do make them. Now we're going to hear now from the goal scorer Alan Connolly, who's speaking to Andrew. That's Alan. Uh, how does it feel to win the Cup? Like we had a tough few years, like losing those in three or It's good to get one back. Like you know, won the minor last year. Just like you know, kind of seals it. Like you know, you mentioned all the cups there that you've won recently. Shows that the club's going in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we'll, a few years now we can just drive on and get to senior level and be doing senior. Like that's the goal. Like we come so close. Like, but you know, I think we have definitely the future. Yeah, the future's bright. In terms of this game as well, do you, do you think it was a deserved win? Or what were your thoughts on the game oh, as a whole? 100. percent Yeah, like we've put in serious effort. Like we're train seven in the morning some nights some days like you know it just, it just means everything to us like it's, it's, we're in January like yeah. it's a new seat like we're still playing football like just a great feeling like unbelievable next I spoke to the manager Dave Egan uh, he mentioned that you were training a few times over Christmas as well so yeah. it shows the commitment to, to win this tournament yeah like sure like I mean obviously we love to play before Christmas but like you know we don't mind like for love playing football we love playing Ireland so it's good to win stuff isn't it? But, and in terms of the game as well you won by four points also your two goals were crucial what do you remember from the <laughs> Two of the biggest freaks I've ever got my life. I'm like, uh, no, nah, the guys with the hair work, I suppose. I just got the rebound, really. That was it. So you put the number 17 jersey on, so you weren't on the program. When did you find out you were starting? I, uh, I, I, I didn't have a starting jersey at all for the quarterfinal or something, but I said that as well. And I knew I was starting, but like, you know, like, that's it. So what, what does it mean to come in then and score two goals? <laughs> uh, 
um, surreal, really. Like, I wasn't really expecting I'd already score like that much. I wouldn't <laughs> be the main shooter on the team. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be lucky, I suppose. Perfect. So, you're going to match you in it today. What does it mean to yourself and what does it mean to the club as a whole, this, this win? Uh, it means everything because I was part of the minor team as well last year. I was part of the junior B team, though, when they came to this year. So, you know, like, as long as we can drive it on and keep going, I don't mind at all. As long as we're winning, it'll get. That's Alan Connolly there finding the net today for St. Michael's as they beat Ballon Collie 212 to 111 to win the Cork County Under 21 Football Championship. I mean, just the honesty there to us. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> brilliant. That's kind of the raw emotion of it. Yeah. You don't get that watching professional sport, bar maybe when they win a, a Champions Cup final or a league final mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, it's kind of end of the season, but you know, you, you chat to the, 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 game, the lads after local GA games and it all comes out. And like I said, they're probably less media savvy, media trained. So they, you know, they say what they're genuinely feeling, and it's it's just yeah. pure honesty. So look, it's from a from a media point of view, it's 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 unbelievably refreshing to hear. All right, we're going to change tack now and talk boxing. Star buddy Spike O'Sullivan is back in action next week. Spike facing the unbeaten twenty three year old Mexican at Jamie Mungia in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, on Saturday night. Mungia is the former WBO light middleweight champion. He moves up to one hundred and sixty pounds for the first time in his career. He has a very formidable record of twenty seven knockouts from thirty four wins. Uh, I spoke to Spike earlier on today. Too long here, Mike. All right, um, it's a big week for our good buddy Spike O'Sullivan, who joins us on the live now. Uh, Live from Boston, Spike, how are you? Great, Rory, yourself? I'm good, sir, I'm good, sir. Um, This is a big, big fight next week. Um, How has training camp gone? Yeah, it's gone very well. um, I'm just finishing off preparations here in Boston. Um, Feeling good, feeling strong, um, feeling ready and... uh, it's a big fight it's the biggest in my career it's going to be a tough one to come up against an undefeated world champion it's 12 years my junior so it's going to be a tough challenge but it's going to look yeah you're taking on uh, Jimmy Munguia next week uh, in Texas uh, 12 round showdown there as well uh, what can you tell us about him? Um, well he's an undefeated world champion uh, he's 34 fights 34 wins 27 knockouts um, never tasted the canvas yet um, I've read it though for me to win, uh, he'd have to be knocked out. So, uh, you know, it's based in his backyard. It's on the Mexican border in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you know, and um, he's the golden boy. He's either lining up with the next girl. And uh, I don't see my chance to the point victory, even if I was to point him, I don't think they're going to give me the decision. So, um, try to be looking for a knockout. Well, I don't even so, uh, you know, it's going to be How does, uh, stylistically, Champ, I mean, like, how does he compare to you? He's got a lot of range in me, a lot of height. He's a, he's a bigger man. Um, but he's also a knockout artist, and uh, he's got 27 knockouts in the 34 fights. Uh, so um, he's, he's, he's got a, he's a pretty much complete fighter, you know. He's got a, a complete uh, style, good boxer and knockout artist as well. He's, a, he's good for that. Um, we saw um, Dennis Hogan take him on recently. A lot of people suggested that um, Dennis Hogan was robbed in that fight. Um, watching that back, is that the kind of blueprint to beat Mungia next week? Well, I don't think so for me because um, more different styles mean Dennis. Dennis moves her up both a lot and tries to point guys, whereas I come for the knockout. I think that's a necessity against Mungia anyway. If I have knocked him out or been after, because I'm saying if, if it was a point decision, Dennis. Dennis Hogan, the very close fight with him, and if we were in there, maybe in the it was in Mexico, and Dennis had very well got the decision, but criticistically, uh, uh, it's going to be very tough to get the decision, you know, he's um, bringing in millions in revenue with the Mexican box support, TV channels, and the he's very well followed, and 
you know, you're up against it that way, and uh, the champions will see that against the knockover yesterday, you know. So um, I don't think either boxing in the same kind of style as Dennis did, I'd be up for the knockover, I won't be even trying to avoid did that Dennis Hogan performance though last year kind of show you that like you know Mungia isn't invincible and that he can be got at absolutely you know it does indeed um, but he, I believe nobody's invincible you know um, I thought one time I was invincible myself <laughs> naively <laughs> you know but you know I've been, I've been knocked down and knocked out and all that rest and you know you see like Mike Tyson getting knocked out before right, like him to make his beat and you know anybody can beat so uh, no, I always win to every fight for even that uh, it was a chance of victory. Do you think um, Mungi is probably looking past you a little bit um, heading into this fight? I think so. Uh, I think he could very well be. I hope he is. Um, you know, I've been beaten three times, but I've only been beaten by uh, three world champions, so I don't think he's going to take me too lately. But um, I think he's looking forward to Canelo maybe next time, you know. You've never fought in Texas before, champ, have you? No, I've never did, no. no. I fought uh, all around America. I fought in Vegas, LA, New York, Boston, New Hampshire, but uh, I've never fought in Texas. No. I thought it was going to be no hostile environment for me for the Mexicans, but uh, nothing that it means to me, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, you'll still have a, a bit of a, an Irish support there. I see a lot of people on Twitter saying they're going to travel down for the fight, and a lot of American kind of uh, Americans saying they'll be supporting you as well, so there'll still be a big uh, pro spike crowd there next weekend. There's, there's a lot coming from Boston actually and there's a lot coming from Cork as well and uh, around the country it's great I'm getting a lot of messages via sports so, um, and uh, Dave O'Connor from Zootrip his son is after organising a bus there uh, in Boston or sorry in uh, Texas he lives in Texas so yeah. it's great like yeah exactly yeah. so what's the plan now for the rest of the week yeah just uh, you know staying sharp in the gym and uh, making weight and then we're going to travel down to uh, a flight from Boston down to uh, Texas on Tuesday. Mm. He's stepping up in weight as well. Is that going to be a factor heading into the fight, you think? I think it could uh, be a good thing for him because he struggled to make a uh, late middleweight. Mm. He's only 23, so I think he was outgrowing the weight. He was struggling and it was making him weak to make that weight. I recently stepped down to late middleweight myself, so uh, I think I think should maybe an advantage to him he's, bigger, he's a bigger man than me you know, and uh, it's going to make it easier for him to make the weight but I've, I've purposely kept my weight high myself that's why uh, trying you know someone uh, even score a great weight but I do expect he will come into the ring a good better than me alright champ I'm going to leave it there um, come here I won't wish you best luck you don't need it next weekend man but uh, stay safe and we'll chat to you afterwards Thanks very much. Yeah, great chat to Spike Sullivan. Apologies about the uh, the quality of the audio in that uh, that uh, interview. We uh, phoned him up, woke him up uh, from his uh, bed in uh, Boston this morning to chat to him. With, uh, our um, thanks to Spike uh, for taking the call uh, ahead of next week's fight uh, in Texas. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, going to talk to Cork City boss Neil Finn. The big red Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Corey O'Hagan, Tomás O'Leary here with you until 7pm this evening. It was great to chat to Spike there. Big, big fight from next week, Tomás. And fingers crossed he can do it, but this kid Jimmy Mungia is really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Even listening to Spike there, it sounds like he's up against it. Like, as he said, 12 years his junior. Mm. He had 27 knockouts. He's a bigger man. He's a bigger reach. Um, so... Um, so it's like it's stacked against him but look as you know as you know 
um, Spike has has had the odd upset in his, in his career, and he's a tough, durable, uh, yeah. confident fighter. Fingers of so. Antoine Douglas two years ago, yeah, when he kind of sh- that was a bit of a shock uh, when he knocked him out. Like, so fingers crossed he can do that again next time. Uh, yeah, it'll be unbelievable for for a local yeah. Cork guy to to you know to to, to be the be the world champion. And I'll be uh, I'll be uh, standing. Uh, I'll be oh, I'll be staying up uh, Saturday night to watch that fight as well. So fingers crossed. Uh, Tell us about boxing. your boxing career, actually, Rory. You it wasn't very outside. prestigious. <laughs> yeah, I fought twice. Won once. Got the tar beaten out of me the second time after which I retired um, you know he beat me he beat me good looking that's how badly he beat me the any, second time any so. big pay packets or anything no god no god no it was all, all good fun but it was genuinely the greatest experience I've ever had was stepping into that ring uh, the couple of times I did it and um, uh, I was uh, with a boxing gym called uh, the boxing clinic at the time and we just did um, uh, boxing events uh, and it was just like the the, the best experience the greatest rush I've ever had was stepping through the ropes and fighting uh, and boxing and just even getting fit from boxing as well was something um, else the fitness levels I had from boxing was amazing uh, I'd love to do it again whether or not my wife will let me massively different story good stuff <laughs> right we're going to talk uh, Cork City now because uh, I sat down with our Cork City boss Neil Fenn uh, City back in pre-season training the last couple of days so Neil Collins to me to talk about his uh, new signings potential new signings uh, aims for the season ahead and more delighted to be joined by uh, Cork City boss Neil Fenn in studio Neil how are you sir yeah good Rory pleasure to be here how was your Christmas very good yeah. nice, and, nice and quiet with the family no, yeah. nothing nothing too mad recharged ready to go for the new season yeah so. ready to go excited about, about the season so yeah looking forward to it back in pre-season as well yeah, we came. It's, it's Saturday today, so we came back on. Um, we came back Thursday, so done three good days, three solid days. So it's been good. Yeah, it must know. be the delight to get back on the training pitch, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a long it's a long break, and it's what you it's what you enjoy the most is being out on the training pitch. And obviously, I didn't enjoy pre-season at all as a player. Yeah, as a as a as a manager, I, I quite like it. I imagine it's changed a bit though since your days pre-season, is it? It's not yeah, so much running laps at Bishopstone anymore, is it? Oh well, even even in my like years ago when I first started. Um, you know, you didn't do anything in the off season. The players just came back, and preseason was your ch- was your time to get mm. fit. Now we they're they're given programs and given off season programs, so they're coming back in good shape. And you're just you're just topping it up, really. So there's no ten laps from Bishop's Town the freezing. No, no. They, well, it's tough. Well. It's tough. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly won't be running ten laps or anything. But it's tough. It's not. It's, that's not to say it's easy, mm. but because they have been off a good bit. But you know, they've been doing little bits in off their own on their own program. So and obviously Joe Gamble. Is, is in now and he's, he's you know he's big into the big into the fitness is he looking after all the strength and conditioning stuff yeah so he's looking after all the all the fitness work and I mean together but he would he would know more about it than me um, and we've got the you know the, the GPS the stat sports stuff in as well that gives us good information as well mm. so um, you know there's no hiding place <laughs> certainly isn't <laughs> six weeks now to go to the start of the season so you've got six weeks to kind of get everyone up to speed and what you want to play and how you want them to play I guess yeah it is six weeks obviously during that six weeks you're going to be players are going to be coming in and out and you're going to be getting lads on on trial, so it's it, you know it's not ideal the way that the way the squad is obviously you know we're building, so we need to build from from scratch more or less. There's not that many players left here from last year, you know, the more experienced ones. <clears throat> so it'd be a case of. It won't be perfect straight away because we'll be getting lads that will be joining us quite late, probably looking at it mm. at this stage of the season. But by you know the second or third week of the season, you, you you'd be more or less that's your settled squad and that's your that's how you're going to be going. And uh, I suppose the key, I suppose, that blend of youth experience and kind of like seasoned professionals, I suppose, coming in. Yeah, it, you know, it is tough bringing in seasoned professionals. It is, you know, it's you know, it's. 
hard to attract to, to certain type of player mm. to, to you know you know where we are at the moment so it's going to be we're going to be quite young but we'll have a few experienced boys already here obviously um, Grove Morrissey being the, the most obvious one and mm. fortunately Alan Bennett and, and, and Mark um, Minolti are going to be back in and they're going to be helping out with the coaching as well so mm. we're going to have a good bit of experience but we'll be some good young exciting players too and to have the likes I suppose of Mark and Alan in the dressing room is a massive help for you I suppose and giving the advice to the younger players yeah you have to have experience in a squad you know just just for, just for standards and keeping it up and because a lot of the boys it's the first time they're going to be full time training they don't know what mm. to they don't know how to how to behave and what's expected we can tell them but obviously they're young they're going to be slipping every now and again so to have the two boys in um, just keeping control of things as well in the in the dressing room but obviously they're coaches as well so you know Noltz the other day didn't know what dressing room to go in was he a player <laughs> was he a coach so um, you know he'll be flowing in and out and the same with, with, with Ben Oso no it's brilliant it's, it's really good to have them two back and um, obviously with Garrod's probably the oldest one there now who will be keeping an eye on things as well seems just weird saying Garrod Morris is the oldest player like isn't that yeah, yeah, I mean, experienced players yeah he's, I mean, what is he 27, 28 yeah. so he's not even that old but you know he's been around the block and he, he knows his way around yeah. you've brought in a number of players can you talk us through them ok so where are we at we're at obviously Dylan McGlade is the first one I can think of that mm. you know I worked with him at, at Longford would have liked to sign him back when I was at Longford but yeah. he, I didn't I couldn't keep him and he went to Bray and had another good season last year got in double figures in the first division would have been would have been known to Cork fans from when we played City last year or the year before when big things were expected of him mm. and it didn't turn out like that we, we got well beaten on the night and he didn't play well but so fa- some people might look at that and think you know he's not as what everyone was built mm. up to be but he is a very good player very exciting will 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 excite people when he gets the ball an attacking minded mm. player which is exactly what we want so we're really looking forward to having him in he's not in yet but he, he's been he's coming back from England mm. we've got um Connor Davis a lad who again I would have known from playing against him a couple of years ago he was at UCD mm-hmm. really liked him then found out he was available from, from Derry hasn't really played that much lost his way a little bit but we're excited again to get him back on to hopefully get him back on track track Corey Galvin has come in who did well last year in, yeah. in spurts for Waterford Joe spoke highly of him um, a cork boy obviously so that was a bit of a no-brainer Kian Coleman again a, a big a lad big centre midfielder who probably shouldn't have left City in the first yeah. place could have possibly been a, a you know a player here for the last three or four mm-hmm. years but he's back really looking forward to having him on board so um, I'm probably Charlie Fleming Charlie, is yeah. coming from coming from Cove a fit young lad um, wants to learn eager to learn mm. still has a lot to learn but you know will be you know a, a good asset to the club in in terms of his fitness and in terms of his mm. tenacity into tackles and and his uh, you know his attacking play as well is decent um i'm sure i'm missing one or two out here am i uh goalkeeper oh liam bossin mm. is um a lad again he's not in yet he's coming in on monday coming from belgium a lad who i would have seen player for the, the mm. under 21s obviously he's got a good pedigree um comes highly recommended so um great to have him in another young lad but mm. you know not not one of the youngest. He's twenty three or whatever. So will he be your number one, or is it still up for grabs, or is it between him and Mark, or what's um, happening? I think you know when you're starting, you'd never like to say, "Listen, you're going to be number one," because it sort of kills the other goalkeeper. But, yeah. Um, you know, you need a competition. Yeah. Yeah, you need competition. And both, you know, Noltz has, you know, done really well since he's been here, and even you know, he's, he's fit as a fiddle. There's there's nothing of him. <laughs> so and still been joining in training the last few days and has been quality. So it's mm. not. You know, I wouldn't like to say Noltz is, is, is done and he's finished. Mm. He's only going to be a coach. He certainly 
will be challenging for the number one spot with you. Obviously, you're going to be bringing more signings. Is there any expected this week, or can you? Can you? Um, you can't really tell at this stage, like. Um, probably not, unless something unless something develops. Mm. Possibly, there's a couple of things. Obviously, the the transfer window in England's only just opened. Yeah. Um, people are, are looking at sending players out on loan. The problem we've got here in Ireland is that if you've got a lad you want to send out on loan from an English club, you don't want to send him on loan to do six weeks pre-season because mm. he's in the middle of his season. So if you're getting a loan from England, it tends to be towards the end of the month. Yeah. Not ideal for us, but it's just the way the English clubs want to do it. Mm. Um, players will be getting released from English clubs or being told they're getting released, but but you know it might take a little bit of while to get a couple of them over the line. So probably maybe this week, but mm. possibly not. <laughs> not giving much away there, am I? Not at all. No, at, at the moment I can't say whether one would yeah, definitely yeah. be coming in, but you know we're hoping. How close are you to being happy with the this squad, just size of the squad and the quality of the squad? Um, I'd say I'm a good bit away from it yet. You know, until until I've got probably I'd say there's four or five players spaces that are in my mind are up for grabs, mm. um, and, and until I have them then I probably won't be happy but um, the way the boys have come back and condition they're in the way they've been training I've been really really happy with the mm. boys are here and some of some of it um, have surprised me of how well they have done since they've been back and again others maybe haven't done as well as what I thought they mm. might have so you, we, we, I don't think as a, as a manager I don't think you're ever happy I think you're always trying to improve on mm. certain positions so certainly four or five I get four or five targets that, that I'm hoping we'll get in then I'll be very happy Have you decided on the captain yet or is that something that emerges throughout pre-season? We, we've probably spoken about it but I haven't told the players yet so, so yeah, you can't tell me no, so. <laughs> but I wouldn't have thought it would be too difficult to guess but yeah. um, it's um, obviously we lost our, our last captain mm-hmm. so um, so you know it wouldn't be too difficult to guess mm-hmm. but we haven't told anyone yet <laughs> we'll leave it that there so um, as a bit hard like seeing players as you mentioned like you know Conor McCormick likes those experienced players leaving the club yeah we I mean f- um, I think for, for spe- Conor McCormick I tried to keep mm-hmm. um, I think that you know, it was it was just difficult. You know, for to, to keep him, some of the offers that he had from elsewhere yeah. were very hard to compete with. We couldn't do it, so you know, th- we, we were sorry to see him go. The same with Gary Buckley was the same. It just, I think that Gary probably felt it was his time to to go oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, I would have liked for him to stay, but you know, he decided to move on. Did you have to have a couple of awkward conversations with players in the, the close season? Yeah, yeah it's, it's never nice. It's never nice. You know, some of them were probably surprised and some of them were disappointed. Mm-hmm. Most of them were disappointed because they, they love playing for for City and it's disappointing that it's a hard part of the job mm-hmm. and it's a horrible part of it, but, you know, sometimes it's just necessary. It's <laughs> a necessary evil and it has to be done. What's the target for the season? I think just, for me, it's to finish as high up the league as possible. Surprise a few people. I like I like the fact that we're going in and nobody's given us a chance. Just from looking at the league last year and playing against teams, I felt that there weren't that many... Even though we, we it's, when I came in anyway, we lost a few games. I didn't feel that we were were embarrassed in any of them. Really, mm. even even when we lost away to Derry, I felt there was there was just spells in the game where they were better than us. But generally, overall, I didn't see that they were that far ahead of us. So I'm confident enough that we get a good squad together, mm. a good young squad. We'll, they'll certainly be fit enough. They'll certainly be organised that that we can surprise a few people. And getting the fans back in the gate is going to be key for that. What's your message to the fans for the season ahead of the season? Fan, the message for the fans is that you've, you're going to have a team that full of players who want to be here, who will do anything to be here. With the lads that that are here now, just you know, pr- appreciate so much what they've got that they're playing for a team such as City, and you and you know, 
in years gone by they might not have had an opportunity to play for City with the mm. success and with the players that were here now they're getting such a great opportunity to play um, we'll be attacking we'll be exciting we've, we're signing players that, that like that are good on the ball that, that want to be on the ball and you know I'm, I'm just confident that we're going to surprise a few people and, and the crowd will enjoy what they're seeing I suppose the more people through the gate more money the club gets there from maybe more money for signings to bring in <laughs> yeah um, no I mean you know it, we're, we're okay the, the club mm. have said to me listen let's just Let's get. Let's see where we are again in the summer. So, the, the club is certainly not saying to me, "Listen, there's, there's no money there for you." Mm. It's just, listen, let's just let's just see where we are in the in the summer, and, and we'll see what we can do. But yeah, like you say, the bigger the crowds, the, the better it is for everybody. And you know, what my memories of, of the cross when I played here was packed packed houses, packed mm. houses, and, and and exciting games. And I'm hoping that we can bring that back. Um, bigger picture stuff as well. Obviously, the FBI is in turmoil. Has it kind of been a stressful situation? Kind of seeing that it, like League of Ireland being part of the football family. And all, and all that but has it kind of been added an extra level of I suppose stress I suppose in the League of Ireland going into this season no I always feel I felt that if as a, a League of Ireland person and being a whole League of Ireland you felt neglected anyway you felt <laughs> out of it anyway so That's true. it certainly um, it certainly wouldn't worry mm. me that hasn't worried me personally I think that they'll eventually end up getting bailed out some way or another mm. Um, and the League of Ireland will be okay because the country needs a League of Ireland the, the country needs a national team um, and it's certainly not a case where they can cut back any sort of funding or anything to it because mm. they don't do it anyway so <laughs> no I'm, I'm relaxed about it I think that you know it will sort itself out it's a, it's a terrible situation that, that they've found themselves in in the first place but I feel that you know it's, it's too big it's too it's mm. too it's too important to the country that mm. we don't let it go. When you hear like Shane Ross just offhandedly say, "Look, if the FBI goes, the League of Ireland goes as well," it must be disappointing to hear that, though. Yeah, you know, I think that he's just—I uh, don't know him, and I don't know that much about. It just seems like he's playing a little bit of hardball, mm. um, and that he doesn't want to just throw money at the FBI willy-nilly because then, then yeah. whoever rugby say we're skin, cricket say they're skin, <laughs> yeah. whoever. So I'd imagine that he has to kind of play hardball a little bit. But like I said, it's too it's too important. It's too big uh, to the country not to have a, to mm. have an association. Uh, February fourteenth, your first league game. You'll obviously have a couple of preseason games before that. Yeah, the, the preseason games are getting organised at the moment. Find it a little bit difficult getting pitches and stuff like that this yeah. time of year. It's always hard. So I don't think they've actually been confirmed yet. There might be one or two that have been, but yeah, with, they're penciled in. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. At this stage of the season, you know a little bit more closer to the date, but yeah, there there to be some decent friendlies there. Excellent stuff, Neil. Thanks for coming. In. Pleasure. Yeah, great chat. Cork City boss Neil Fender on the big red bench uh, as Cork City get back to pre-season. It's probably going to be season transition, I think, for for Celtic Moss. Obviously, the turmoil of last year with Caulfield's departure, then John Collar's departure, Neil Fender's arrival. Uh, a lot of players leaving the club and uh, a lot of players coming in. So it's going to be interesting to see how City kind of, I suppose, adapt to that. I guess going into the start of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess Neil kind of alluded to expectations there, and are mm. the lack of expectations. He said, "Look, um, you know, there's a lot of doubt around the, the club and the future of, of uh, I suppose their their performances, particularly towards the top half of the league." So he's confident, though, very confident that that we'll surprise people. And mm. he spoke about the brand of football as well, which is important for for Cork City fans. Um, so look, um, he's sending out the right messages anyway, but. Uh, look, it, it's tough times for for League of Ireland football and for Cork City, and obviously the budgets. He spoke there; you can't can't compete with clubs yeah. and can't can't keep players. So very tough. 
Yeah, so fingers crossed they'll uh, they'll hit the ground running. But uh, it might be um, maybe not a difficult season, but it's definitely going to be a season of transition as Neil kind of wants to to, to get the squad playing the way he wants to play, get more players in over the course of the year. Um, but really looking forward to the Cork City's first game on Valentine's night of all night. What a romantic night that's going to be down in Turner's Cross. All uh, right, we're going to talk American football now. The Cork Admirals are back in pre-season training and they're on the hunt for new players as well. Uh, head coach Alan Lamasney calling to me yesterday to chat about their upcoming campaign. Right, Alan, you're very welcome back uh, to the Big Red Bench. Thanks, Rory. Thanks to be for bringing us in. It's always nice to be here with you. It's always a pleasure having you in. Um, just get us to speed. Um, obviously, disappointment last year at the, the ball game. Yeah. Um, not, not to start yeah, off in a double. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look, um, to be honest, we, we went through the season undefeated. Um, we were preparing well. Um, I think we picked a bad day to have a bad day. Yeah. Um, you know, in American football, you can sometimes have a game where just nothing goes right for you and I think it was just one of those days and one thing led to another thing led to another thing <laughs> yeah. and then you run out of time and frustrating I'd imagine yeah, wasn't it? absolutely yeah. Yeah. just so, when you're standing on the sidelines and you can't yeah, it, like. yeah you know you're, you're trying to keep guys heads up uh, but you know as you see the time kind of slipping away and things still aren't working out for you mm-hmm. and yeah look you know, it was just one of those things where we said look we put it down to experience we still had a good season you know, we scored more points than we did the previous yeah. year. We we load less points, um, so we're we're really got the head down now to go. Is it hard for the lads year. though to take the positives from that when you come so close to a perfect season? Um, it is because I think you know we start in January, the season ended in late July, mm. so you've put in all of that time in the wet and the muck and with January to March and whatever. Um, and we had such a good season and I think, you know, the whole country thought, you know, we weren't going to lose that game. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you try not to be overconfident going into games, but I mean, look, we obviously thought we had a good shot at it as well. Um, credit to the Panthers, they played, you know, they probably played their best game of yeah. the year against us. Um, but I think realistically, we didn't help. Mm. What's the learnings you took from it all? Um, I suppose, look, it, it comes down to the fact that, you know, on... You can't treat a playoff game any different to treating it any other game. You have to say, right, what week is it? It's just week 11 or week 12 of the season. Um, you know, you can't think that just because you've gone undefeated in the regular season, you're entitled to win a playoff game. Mm. You know, you you have to grind. You have to keep working all the time. Mm. So I think, look, I, I think a lot of the lads, you know, they've got over it. We're, we're focused on moving on now for this year and having yeah. a good crack at uh, trying to get that title back again. Do you switch off in the close season? Are you always thinking of plays and um, signing well, plays? And I don't because strategies? I'm the youth team coach as well. Yeah. So we finished in July. We were back with the youths in August. Uh, that ran until late October where the youth team actually won the national title yeah. again for the second year in a row. It's a massive positive. Yeah, a huge, huge thing altogether, especially when two-thirds of this year's team were new. Yeah. Um, and all those guys that so anyone from 15 to 18 is, is, is eligible to play for the youth team mm-hmm. um, they'll be starting back training you know, actually again soon and they have hopefully a game in February that didn't finish until late October yeah. and we started with the rookie camps before Christmas in November so <laughs> there is no half season yeah, I, I, I think I got two weeks uh, after the senior season I got two weeks yeah. after so it's it's nearly a twelve month thing now at this stage. Um, is there going to be lads stepping up from the U team to the senior team? For yeah, this year? we've we've three or four guys eligible from the U team now to join the the senior team. We had a very good rookie camp um, before Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have another ten or twelve guys from there. We've a couple of transfers coming in from other teams. Yeah. So we've actually got you know a good influx of guys mm-hmm. for this season now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's it's one of those things where you're always looking to to build the squad, and you know we're obviously we're trying to grow the sport in Cork as well, which yeah. is what the U team and we're trying to you know put it out that you know anybody can play the game, you know, and the size doesn't matter, speed doesn't matter, age yeah. in cases doesn't matter, you know, once what you're over eighteen. That for? Yeah, <laughs> 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 well, I was recruiting, uh, really. I was recruiting. The lads um, stepped up from the U team. It's obviously a big step up, so you obviously have to manage them quite yeah. well, do you? Yeah. The, the the thing with a lot of the U team is what we try and give them is a scaled down version of what we run in the seniors. Mm. So any of the guys in the U team now have a head start on, on where, when they come into the senior team because mm. they have run the plays on offense and defense. So it just comes down to and you know a physicality size. Some of them obviously are bigger than others. Um, but I, I, to be honest, over the last this is our third or fourth year now with the U team. All the guys that have come along. They've never had an issue with joining in. Um, we actually have had guys from the U team captain the senior team by the end of the first year. Yeah, you know, going into games as captains and stuff like that. So, um, the senior team then will support the U team because a lot of my senior guys will help with the coaching of the U team. Oh, yeah. So there's good integration of the two there as well. Um, and then when they come in, it's just a matter of, of obviously we keep an eye on them and you know we'll, we'll help build them up slowly and, and once they get cracking, then they're usually. Pretty good. Pre-season getting underway shortly, I believe. Yeah, we're starting tomorrow. Yeah. Um, starting back tomorrow. Um, every Sunday now down in Prez we'll be training. Um, and Tuesday nights we're down in the bars on the all-weather pitch. Um, our first pre-season game will be the start of February against the, um, the Eagles from Wexford. Mm-hmm. Um, always a good physical team and we get a good you know idea of where we are. Like what we normally use the pre-season game is for the rookies and the U-team guys to get game time before the regular mm-hmm. season starts. So... Um, we're hoping that, you know, by this next four weeks now, we'll get those guys up to speed and then we'll use the, the guys that are the seniors that are coming back from, from off-season. Mm. They can join in then as well and we try and, you know, mix and match a bit mm. for that game. Now, you're always in the lookout for players in every position, but particularly linemen this year. Yeah, so we're looking essentially for the holy grail of American football players is, 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 is <laughs> the, the offensive lineman. Yeah. The offensive line guy is the fella that, you know, he doesn't always get the credit of, of scoring touchdowns no, we do use offensive linemen as running backs every yeah, so yeah. often for short yard and stuff, but they generally don't get the credit of being the guys to score the touchdowns yeah. like the receivers and 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 whatever. But um, we want we're looking for the guy that maybe thinks he's too big to play sports or he's too slow to play sports because the offensive line are usually you know they're as the team goes is how the O line mm. makes them go. Um, they're the guys that will do the run blocking. They're the guys that do the pass blocking. They're the fellas that get physical. You know, so if you can bench press a car, I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you hear the word seconds, you don't look at your watch, you look at food. That's the guy I want. Yeah. Um, you know, guys that that think, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in shape to play ball. Like, mm. the linemen don't do laps, they don't do sprints. They have their own particular thing. It's yeah. For offensive line, it is going to be short bursts, bursts of high intensity mm. is how they play. You know, so you're not going to be running all day long. Um, and, and lots of guys I suppose don't maybe know that and they think that oh look I'm going to be down there and I'm going to be running the field with it and they're not so you know if there's anyone out there that wants to give it a shot come talk to us yeah that's Alan Masney there of the Cork Admirals and if you were listening and want to get in touch with them uh, you can find them on Facebook and on Twitter or even just go down to training as Alan said they're going to be training at uh, the Press Sports Grounds every Sunday and at the Bars uh, All Weather Pitch on Tuesday if you want to give it a go would you ever give it a go to press a car so um, probably leave it off um, <laughs> you'd make no, a handy little running back I'd say would you 
I probably do all right, but the the speed that I once had is is gone, um, and unfortunately, rugby's taken a bit of a toll on my body. So um, I struggled with the GA, so I don't think I'm going to start taking up NFL at 36 anyway. Uh, you never know. All right, that's pretty much it from us uh, for tonight. Uh, thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. It's uh, been Tomás Larry's first weekend on the Big Red Bench. How have you found the experience so far, sir? Yeah, really, really good. Um, so thanks to your good self, Rory, for. Um, your induction and being <laughs> very kind and gentle with me. So um, was more nerve wracking making a big red bench debut or your Ireland debut. Probably my Ireland debut. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's intimidating coming in here, but it's not that intimidating. <laughs> so uh, no, uh, definitely the All Ireland debut. All right, thanks, buddy. We'll chat to you again uh, next weekend. We're out of time. You can get our podcast online redextra.ie, redfm.ie, and wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, just search for at Big Red Bench, and you can follow us on Twitter as well at Big Red Bench as well. Our podcast is going to be online shortly. If you missed any of the reaction from Russell Rovers or St Michael's, our interview with uh, Neil Fenn or Spike O'Sullivan you can get that on the podcast which will be online in a couple of minutes time Alan Donovan's up next with Green on Red three hours of the best Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM we're back next Saturday uh, from 6pm we'll talk to you then folks and enjoy the rest of your Sunday night The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM